You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It is 8.04am and it's come time for our next quiz question for this morning before we head into our Bible study time. Absolutely. Here we go. Our next quiz question. What weather pattern did God use to speak to Job? Was it A, fog, B, a whirlwind slash storm, C, thunder and lightning, or D, a hurricane? If you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669 is the number to text. And our amazing prize for this week, the Revive Cafe Cookbook number eight, we want to give to you absolutely for free, and you will receive it if you answer questions correctly and win the draw. So you have to, you have to, you have to do both of those things. It's, it's, it's free though. That's, that's the really good news about this. Have you, like, it comes up a lot. They're, they're, it's really popular in advertising. There are these ads for like, we're running a giveaway and you're going to win this car. And it's like some 1969 Dodge Charger worth like, and it's like, oh, I could win that. And then you go on their website and I I don't promote gambling, but I think the thing for me, I like, I've never, ever entered one of these draws ever in my life. But at the same time, I'm like, wait, are they legit like giving away uh, this car for free? Like as a result of the draw and you go on the website, but it's like, they're like, yeah, you can win it for free, but you can't actually. You have to pay for tickets. <laughs> so they just lie. Uh, and so, but we're not lying here. You don't have to do anything except text in at 0491-064-669. Again, that question was, and it's multiple choice too. You got a one in 25 chance if you, uh, one in four chance, 25% if you don't know. But hey, what weather pattern did God use to speak to Job? Was it A, fog? Be a whirlwind slash storm, storm. C thunder and lightning, or D a hurricane. Let us know. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. That's such a good book, the uh, the book of Job, don't you think? Oh, it's just it, incredible. It's, it's it's devastating in places, you know. Mm. But like, I actually read that book when I was really sick several years ago, mm. and um and I was kind of feeling like Job at the time for various reasons. Mm. And I, I remember lying in bed because I was quite sick and I was in bed most of that time. And I read the book from cover to cover. And what I loved is the fact that, you know, God is always there for us as he was for Job. And the mm. encouragement I got at the time um, of, of where I was at with what I was going through is that um, Job was faithful no matter what came his way. Mm. And the fact that, you know, basically, um, yeah, the blessings came afterwards because of his faithfulness as well. God never left him. And I just think there's a beautiful thing with that, that, mm. um, that, you know, and I've experienced that in my life. So I love the book of Job. Um, yeah. in so many ways. I mean, so many books of the Bible that, but that's one of my favorites too. And later on, when we go through quiz questions, I'm actually, I'll reveal one of my favorite verses in the Bible mm. that comes from the book of Job as well. Absolutely. Hey, we were talking about in our good news and whatnot, we, we were talking about prayer. We, we talked about prayer a number of times. It just, it just came up and I was reminded earlier, actually last week, last Friday, I have a friend of mine who is a fellow uni student. Uh, they are Australian, but they are like not 
Christian. Like they're very, very secular. They're Australian born Vietnamese and they are just, you know, doing, doing their studies and getting along. And, um, there's, you know, there's a few times a week that I'll, uh, you know, be in my room studying and whatnot. And there will be a group of us, which we'll I just jump on a zoom call together and study together because it's like, you know, if, if I'm in the library, I can do that with my friends. If I'm in my room, you know, I have these friends, we all study together, whatnot and jump into a zoom call and we're all studying. And then this person just goes to me, Hey Lawson, can you pray for me? And I was like, nice. Yeah, sure. I was actually thought they were joking at first, <laughs> which is like really awful of me, but it's just, you don't expect it. Hey, like they're a friend of mine that was in no way inclined as like to be religious, not even cultural religion of their culture of, you know, the, coming from a Vietnamese background. And they, but they just asked me like, I'm, I'm so stressed in my study. Lawson, I know that you, you know, she, this person knows that I'm studying theology. This person knows that, uh, the work that I do with faith FM and, and then I'm a Christian and whatnot. We've had heaps of conversations about it, just like friendly stuff. And, but, the question just came out of nowhere. Like Lawson, I'm just stressed with this stuff. I'm pressed. I've got these exams coming up. Can you pray for me? Nice. Like, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And we, we pray together and, you know, just pray that we would be calm and that we would, you know, have a soundness of mind to be able to study successfully. Uh, and our well-being would be good and whatnot. And then I said, amen. And, and the feedback that I, I got from this person, they were like, man, like, that was, that was really nice. Like, I feel just a lot calmer. I just feel like a lot, you know, I, I feel chill. I feel chill and I feel like I can just, I can just move forward into, uh, into, into what we're doing here and, and study and whatnot. And, and I, I wanted to share that story because I think it leads into our Bible study, which the topic here is motivation and preparation for mission. And a huge aspect of that, which we're probably going to cover this week, is is connecting with God and to put Him first and foremost in in all that we do to be prepared to to reach other people. And I had yeah, just this just this little little situation that unfolded like that, where I got to pray with this person who is not Christian. I would have never thought would have solicited that from me, uh, but it's it's yeah, just telling and showing that. For all of it, like for this person in prepping for just a uni exam, they were like, I need help. <laughs> They're like, where can I get help from? I was like, oh, lost and pray for me. Um, if we're going to participate in God's mission, man, we need help. Like we, we need some serious guidance and assistance from the Lord to be able to do so. And uh, prayer is definitely one of those tenets of being able to participate in that mission that God has for us. It's such a key, isn't it? And I, I love, um, you know, uh, two, two particular parts on prayer in, in the Bible. I mean, there's so many prayers that are fantastic. Mm. But, you know, Jesus gives the model prayer um, oh, of Lord's the Lord's prayer. prayer. Yeah. Um, and, and he also then in John 17, which we've covered before, and we don't have time to unpack all of that today because it's not, um, it's also not, it, it's linked, but not, not, um, what we're covering so much mm. today. But John 17 is, is the Lord's prayer where he prays for himself to the Father and he prays for the disciples and he prays for the world. And I love that because there is so much in there that is so relevant for each mm. one of us in every way. And, you know, Jesus wants us to be one with him. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, when Pastor Justin was covering about, you know, about Taiwan, what's happening over there, or to, to be watching Taiwan, and also, <coughs> excuse me, 
it's got you the pick, dryness in the you, throat. You, you pick something up, uh, Danuta. Mm. Nah, you're right. And, okay. And so basically, you know, with that, that we are to be linked to Jesus Christ. Yes. And the way that we are linked is by having that prayer time mm. and by having our Bible study time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, cracking open the Word of God, just <laughs> spending time with Jesus. Uh, it is it is an essential and necessary key. I think something that I've become very aware of in my studies is that the way in which you can best prepare to do anything, whether it's write a, an essay, go to an exam, or even like do a presentation. One of my my recent assessments was a presentation, and it was actually that presentation I wrote like my notes were quite thin to, to do like a presentation. It was a 30 minute presentation that we did. It was a group that was doing it. My notes for that presentation was quite thin. It was very free form. They weren't looking for us to be super duper concise. It wasn't a feel. It was just like, it was actually a, it was actually a kind of a radio program. It was like a mock radio program. And we were talking about religions of the world. And I was like, ah, that's chill because I kind of do that every day. Um, and my, my topic was Buddhism. And the thing that I found very clearly was like, what's going to help me to be able to do this is familiarity with the content itself. Like if you're immersed in it and whatnot, when someone asks you, hey, go and write 1,500 or 2,000 words, it comes to you a lot easier and a lot quicker as opposed to if you had no idea what it was about. Like no, like if you're sitting in an exam and, say, and the question is, hey, write a, a criticism of such and such and such your familiarity with that content, because in an exam, you can't cite, right? Mm-hmm. You can't use resources or whatever. You just have to be familiar. You just have to know. And it's like, oh, we want to participate in mission. We want to know Jesus. How can that be enabled through familiarity with him at the very least? We want to have a real and living relationship with Jesus. And it's like, what will enable that? Some level of familiarity and what enables that is our time spent in the word, our time spent praying, our time spent Really, and and we don't just see that as learning about him, but furthermore, time with him. Mm. We see that as like there there is a supernatural reality of praying and reading scripture. You're listening to the Breakfast Show. Connect with us on zero four nine one zero six four double six nine. So the last few weeks, we started a series on called God's Mission, My Mission. Yeah. And uh, what I love is that we unpacked a lot about Abraham who really obeyed and responded to God's call mm-hmm. to go out of Ur, um, Ur of Chaldeans and to actually go to the land, promised land to the land of Canaan. And, of course, then he, had, had, because of famine, went back to Egypt. Mm. Anyway, just all those stories and then um, and of how he obeyed I obeyed God in every way. And then last week, of course, uh, you would have been looking at the story of Jonah mm. and how he made up loads of excuses for mission to avoid mission um, actually happening. But God still worked in and through him. He did respond eventually. He had a turning point. He repented of his ways. And so, you know, God, God can use us in all different situations. And this week what we're actually looking at is motivation and preparation for mission. Now, the, the thing is mission, you know, is a, as in taking the good news to people. Isn't that mm. how you would kind of say, you know, telling them about God and Jesus and what he has done for each one of us. And, of course, the heart of the gospel, the heart of the gospel and the good news is that Jesus came, died, 
on the cross and rose again. Yeah. I mean, without, without those things, there would be no salvation for each one of us. Mm. And so we're going to actually look at that. Let's actually go straight to Luke chapter 24, verse 1 to 12, because this is really good story. And in fact, what we can actually look at is, um, uh, if we can go from the chapter before, chapter 23, uh, from verse 55 and then down to chapter 24, verse 12 as well. So just giving a bit of context sure. here as we're actually going to be looking at that. The thing is here, you know, we're going into the heart of the fact that, that Jesus dies on the cross. Uh, the inscription is written over in the letters in Greek, Latin and Hebrew. This is the king of the Jews. And of course, um, and if, if you are the Christ, save yourself and us, you know, He's being mocked all the time. He's being spat on. And then Jesus dies on the cross and the sun is darkened and the veil is torn. And when Jesus cries out with a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then he breathes his last. And then, of course, you know, Jesus, actually let's take it from verse 50 because we actually then need that full context of what happens after his death. So let's take it from chapter 23, verse 50, and let's read to the end of chapter 24, verse 12, please. All right, chapter 23 and verse 50. Now the Bible says, Behold, there was a man named Joseph, a council member, a good and just man. He had not consented to their decision and or deed. He was from Arimathea, the city of the Jews, who himself was also waiting for the kingdom of God. This man went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus. Then he took it down, wrapped it in linen, and laid it in a tomb that was hewn out of a rock where no one had ever been lain before. That day was the preparation and the Sabbath drew near. And the woman who had come with him from Galilee, followed after, and they observed the tomb and his bo- how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and fragrant oils, and they rested on the Sabbath according to the commandment. We then come to Luke 24 and verse 1, where the Bible says, Now on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing spices which they had prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. <clears throat> then they went and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened as they were greatly perplexed about this, that behold, two men by them in shining garments they saw. Then, as they were afraid about their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words, and then they returned to the tomb and told, turned from, sorry, from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and another woman among them who told these things to the apostles. And their words seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb, stooping down. He saw the linen cloths lying beside themselves, and as he departed, marvel and he departed, sorry, marveling to himself at what had happened. Yeah, so much packed in that passage, yeah. isn't there? Just so much packed in there. 
I love the picture. Like you can almost picture what's actually happening there. Hey, and we've been. My husband and I have actually been to Israel, um, and one of the places. You know, we did the we did the the trip that was called in the footsteps of Jesus. One of the places we went to is what what's called the Garden Tomb, which is believed to be where Jesus was buried. But even if it wasn't the place, the thing is that the tomb itself is the type of tomb that Jesus was buried in. So there's actually in front of the the the, the stone tomb, you've actually got the area where the stone would be rolled along mm. the way. Now here what we find, um, and the reason we went back into chapter 23 as well, is because this context is really important, isn't it? Because the thing is that, you know, Jesus is buried in Joseph's tomb. Now Joseph and Nicodemus were part of the Sanhedrin, two righteous men, but they actually went there when Jesus was actually, um, you know, being found guilty and um, mm. and tried, and and so Joseph is actually then asks, of course, for the body of Jesus to actually take him and place him into the tomb. Mm. And he was from so Joseph from Arimathea, a city of the Jews, as we read in verse fifty-one of chapter twenty-three. And he went to Pilate and asked for the body of Jesus, took it down, wrapped it in linen, and he laid it in a tomb that was hewn out of the rock that where no one had ever laid before. Mm. And of course, and then the women came with him to Galilee, followed and they observed the tomb and how his body was laid. And of course, and it says that they actually returned with spices and fragrant oils. So in those days, what they would tend to do is they would actually wrap the whole body in this cloth. So we see that story Mm. also in... um, John 11, where Lazarus, when Jesus yeah. actually goes to the tomb of Lazarus and, you know, and he's been, he's passed away for four days yeah. and people say, nobody stinketh. The Lord, he stinketh, you know, yeah. because he's already been there. But the thing is what they would do is that not just wrap the body, they'd actually put these fragrant spices and oils yeah. on the body as well, wouldn't they? And this was really significant. Yeah, it would. It would seal and neutralize the smell of the body yeah. for a time, but yeah, ultimately, a short period of time. These yeah. grave clothes were were put there to. It was their best attempt to, like, it was simultaneously dignifying. It was also for the purpose of of mummifying, in a sense, as well. You know, giving the body some level of preservation so that outside forces, especially being laid in a tomb. Uh, so that out, you know, outside forces couldn't come in and 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 dismember or hurt the body like an animal or something. Also, at the same time, you know, it would stop uh, diseases and stenches and whatnot from the body going out. It was it's a very dignified way um, to be put to rest. Now, Jesus at this point has received the most, or well, the least dignified death of all time. It's like yes. he's being crucified as a criminal. But it's it's so interesting, like how convicted Joseph of Arimathea as a believer in God and as a follower of Jesus actually was, you know, despite this terrible, shameful death that Jesus has received, actually gives Jesus his own tomb, like a fresh tomb hewn out of the rock as well, which was a major, you know, construction process, you know, that they would hewn these tombs out big enough so that this wasn't a natural cave. Like they would go in and and carve it out of the rock big enough so that Jesus's body could be laid to rest in there and a rock could cover it over. And, and also the women with the, the spices and the fragrance and whatnot, we see Jesus, the son of God receiving 
one of the least dignified deaths anyone could possibly be received have received but despite that those who were still following him his true followers at that time were still treating him as such they still revered him despite not knowing whether you know you know regarding his resurrection or whatnot but despite the uh, the confusion over that and, and not knowing whether that was actually to happen they still had this reverence for jesus and and that led them to to do these really nice and kind things to his body and give him that dignified death. And I love that because, yeah, they, they, they gave him what they de- what he deserved. Mm. Um, because they, you know, they'd followed him in every way and they knew who he was. Mm. He was, you know, a divine being and human wow. at the same time. That is really powerful. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Lawson, our last quiz question, please. Yeah, last quiz question for this morning. Here we go, guys. Get ready for this one. Who said, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord? Very, very famous biblical quote said by a quite a famous figure. If you know the answer to that one, that number is 0491-064-669. That is the number to text, and if you text the number with the correct answer, you will go into the draw to win the amazing Revive Cafe cookbook number eight. We have been promoting it all day, and we'll be promoting it all week. Guys, you can win the book absolutely for free. It is a book that you want. You want to be blessed by this amazing cookbook, and the way to get it for free is to answer quiz questions correctly so that you go into the draw for it. There is nothing that you need to do in terms of payment or anything like that. Just give us a text, 0491-064-669. Text us at that number, and with if you've got the correct answer, that will be another entry into the draw. If you don't have the correct answer, well, you tried, and all you can do is is try, and you should try. Yeah, absolutely, you should try. Don't let failure or the potential of failure stop you from trying, because if you do that, then, you know, what what is even what's even worth it? Yeah, what, what's even if 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 failure is making you too scared to text us in at zero four nine one zero six four six six nine, then man, get over it. Just text us zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. Who said? As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And we're continuing our Bible study looking at Luke chapter 24. Mm -hmm. And, of course, we've just spoken about the fact that Jesus was buried in Joseph's tomb, Joseph of Arimathea. It was a brand-new tomb. His body was laid there. And in the start of chapter 24, we read the fact that on the first day of the week, very Mm. early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they'd prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. You know, when we were in Israel, one of the things they've actually got, so they've now got a door across, you know, so you can go into the tomb, but it actually says here, um, he is not here, he is risen. Mm. I love I love that. We've actually got a photo taken with that. And that's exactly what, you know, the women would have actually seen. Mm. They actually went and actually found that they were, um, that you know, that, that they did not find the body of Jesus. And it happened that they were greatly perplexed. And behold, two men stood with shining garments. And so these are two angels that actually came. But I actually want to say something here that's really significant too. When that, you know, John records this. I love, you know, John actually records the fact that 
um, that when Simon Peter came, uh, actually Simon then comes, sorry, Peter comes a bit later and he rose in, into the, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself, so I want to come back to that because that's actually really significant what Peter sees inside the tomb is really meaningful. But they looked in the tomb, they're just like, he's not here. And mm. so, you know, they were afraid, but they actually turn and they actually see two, two beings and they're afraid and they actually bowed their faces to the earth, it says here. Luke, um, Luke writes this and he says, why do you seek the living among the dead. Mm. Now they bowed because they actually knew that these were actually heavenly beings. Mm. They recognized them as heavenly beings and they, they, so they bowed down. And they says, why do you seek the living among the dead? So they actually, of course, went to the burial place expecting that Jesus would, his body would be there. They came with the spices. But of course, he's not there. And the angel said, you're looking for the living. In other words, right yeah. there in that word, they're saying like, Jesus is alive. Mm-hmm. Jesus is not dead. I think of the song that says, Because He Lives. Classic. I can face tomorrow. Mm. You know, the, the, the beautiful thing with Christianity uh, across from any other, you know, religion, and then there's, you know, over 400 religions in the world or so. Um, my understanding is like way more Man, probably than that. Potentially but like more, loads, like loads, you know, because there's all yeah. sorts of branches from each of the different ones yeah. as well. But I'm just saying like, you know, the key kind of ones that then from there you get the branches of that. But, you know, in Christianity, that's the beautiful thing is that the one that has died has risen. We serve a risen Savior who, you know, in Hebrews and other places, and Paul writes about it, is that we serve somebody that's in the heavenly places. Mm-hmm. Christ is interceding on our behalf. And so here, you know, he has actually risen. And it says in verse 6, he's not here, but he's risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he's still in Galilee. Mm-hmm. So we read early in chapter 23 that the women had actually come with him from Galilee. Mm. And, you know, and the women that are actually mentioned then that actually come to the tomb, um, you know, is Mary Magdalene, you know, the one that actually washed Jesus's feet with, with the uh, fragrant oil, you know, and, and the frankincense and also wiped mm. her with her hair. But then we've also got Joanna. Now, Joanna was the wife of Herod's steward. And so she was a prominent, well-known lady who was affluent as mm. well. Um, and she comes and then the Mary, Mary mother of James. Mm. Now, we're told, you know, later in, in God's word that Jesus actually had a brother by the name of mm. James as well. And so these women actually come and they actually then go back, of course, to the other 11 disciples. And what happens then? Well, they go to the disciples and they're like, guys, we just met some angels. Jesus isn't there He's he's gone, and furthermore, we've it's it's been told to us that he is resurrected. And the disciples' reactions to this, well, most of the disciples are like, um, no, <laughs> like like they're like, ah, uh, nah, like we no. I think for for a lot of them, the 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 disappointment had really set in mm. as to Jesus not being who they thought. He could be, and and as in not a, a high king as they expected right. that he would come as, but you know he was one amongst them and died like you know we as humans die. That's right. Uh, Peter is the only one, and and definitely Peter still rolling around with the guilty conscience of denying Jesus. Yet at the same time, I think out of that 
and the uh, need to connect with Jesus, he's he's very much he's the only one who responds and goes to the tomb to see whether these things are so. And he ends up finding the the clothes and the linen, the grave clothes, you know, folded up to the side, and and Jesus not there. And he would be incredibly shocked by that revelation before him. Like, wait, like these women tell the truth, Jesus isn't here, what is going on? Like huge questions. Absolutely. And I love the fact that they went back and shared the news. This is what we're talking mm. about today. You know, they went actually back and shared the news. They didn't keep it to themselves. Yeah. They were excited. They were excited that Jesus is alive and that there is a message to share of hope mm. that, you know, Jesus has risen and that there's hope for each each one of us, um, but mm. also then to share that gospel news. Because if Jesus had remained in the grave, there would be no hope for us. Yeah. Um, but they went back. And there's a real significance. I've actually done a sermon on this, um, you know, on in John chapter 20, verse 7. It actually talks about Peter going there. And he saw the linen cloths lying there and the handkerchief that had been around his head or the cloths that had been around their, his head lying with the linen cloths and they were folded in the place by itself. Mm. And it's actually really significant because in that, that culture, so the significance of him seeing it folded, he knew the meaning of that because mm. back in those days, the thing is at the master's table, it would be like this. At the master's table, if you actually had finished eating, if you hadn't finished eating, you would actually put your cloth. You know how we actually have what serviettes these days, but mm. you have the cloth that you actually, so in some of the more formal restaurants you get that you have the cloth and it's put on your lap and whatever. You, If you hadn't finished, you'd actually put it on the table and it wouldn't be folded. If you had finished, sorry, and if you had 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 not quite finished, but you were coming back, you would actually fold mm. the cloths. Mm. So the meaning of Peter seeing that linen, those linen cloths folded, the significance was that he knew Jesus was coming back. Mm. Really fascinating. And so here it's really significant that they knew that Jesus was coming back. And so then when Peter actually saw that, not only from what these women were actually sharing, but the significance of what he'd seen with this folded linen cloth, the thing is that they knew that Jesus had been resurrected, but there was also that hope that Jesus would come again. Mm. And that is really significant. And so for us today, that's the beautiful thing, that we look forward to the fact that is the good news that we have to share with, with one another, that Jesus came the first time, he died, he rose again, and the promise is that he is coming back again and he's coming back soon. The, the word, God's word tells us that we read it, we have the promises there and it is sure and it is true. We want to encourage you to give Jesus a go in your life. You're listening to the Breakfast Show podcast on Faith FM, positively different. That was the lower lights with I Hear Call. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. It's come time for us to answer our quiz questions. Yes, let's head through some answers. How many letters did Peter write? Two. Like just, First Peter and second, second Peter. Peter. <laughs> second Peter is just simply that. Peter was involved in a lot of the epistles and even, you know, name dropped in a number of the letters of Paul. But no, he, he wrote two letters that we have in the Bible. He probably wrote a bunch of letters, but in terms of what we have in the Bible, he wrote two letters there. And in the morning, rising up a great while before day, he went out and departed into the solitary place and there prayed that is from mark chapter 1 and verse 35 and that's what jesus was up to 
He was praying, Lots. doing doing his he doing his best to connect with God, you know, to well, connect with the Father during his mission. And I love the fact that it was in a, a solitary place, in other words, in a quiet place. And that's a real model for us, isn't it, about prayer? Mm. The next one here is the phrase "neither hot nor cold" from Jude or from Revelation. It's from Revelation, mm. um, and that other clue, well, that other other uh, idea that I you know, share that I, the requests that I made that, Hey, let us know what the phrase is. It's lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, but in the middle. And that is something you definitely don't want to be according to, according to the Bible. And the term was Laodicea. Yeah. Laodicea. Well, they were the, uh, Laodicean church. That was the, that representatives as That's well right. of that kind of state. Um, what weather pattern did God use to speak to Job? He used a whirlwind or a storm to mm. speak to Job. He he basically, well, communicated with Job, you know, essentially that, uh, well, answering his questions, answering his charges, mm. letting him kind of know his place. And you said that you had a, f- a Bible verse from Job uh, that I do. was one of your favorites. Yeah, yeah. It's the one from chapter 19, 25, for I know that my Redeemer lives and he shall stand at last on the earth, and after my skin is destroyed, that I know um, whom I, so that so that in my flesh I will see God. Just a fabulous, <laughs> fabulous. And twenty-seven, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not not, not another. How my heart yearns within me. I love the fact that you know Job um, trusted in the Redeemer in every way. You know, and he knew that. Um, you know, he 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 just believed in every way in the Redeemer, and that Jesus uh, would stand on this earth, mm. and and that's that that one was one that was used as at my mum's funeral, mm. and has been used at other funerals too, because it's a passage of hope. Absolutely. And finally here, who said, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord? It was none other than Joshua. Mm. Of course, they had before them the conquest of Canaan and the Holy Land and you know, there was some difficulties amongst the people, particularly in their trusting of God, in their worship of God. And Joshua simply says this. He's like, look, you know, you people, we are, we have dealt with for the last four decades the consequences of people either stuttering or stumbling in their worship of God and their trust of him, we have been called to move forward with this plan to possess the Holy Land. And me and my house, I look like you can make your decision, do whatever you like. We're going to serve the Lord because he has promised us victory. And it's very inspiring to the people around him. And, mm. and ultimately he leads an army there that, that uh, yeah, does take on the nations around him. And, and there's a great song, you know, that mm. we, we sing at times in the churches, choose you this day, tell me whom will you serve. Let nothing stand in your way. Give the praise he deserves. As for me and my house, we will serve mm. the Lord. It's taken from that passage, actually, from Joshua. Hey, Wayne writes in, Good morning, Danuta and Lawson. Relating to Pastor Justin, if we look in spirit, we can see the love between man is leaving the world and country, home, and God. Jesus is coming soon and will bring back soon, uh, come back soon and the love will be restored. Um, mm. Thanks so much for that, Wayne. Really appreciate it. I hope you're keeping well too, Wayne. Um, and we've had lots of, of texts coming in, of course, with our 
answers for our quiz questions today. So if you got those right, you have gone into the draw for cookbook number eight by Jeremy mm. Dixon that has got loads of healthy recipes, particularly desserts and things like that, that you will not regret about receiving. You're listening to The Breakfast Show with Danuta and Lawson. And of course, our time goes all too quickly. Remember to stay on the sh- on the Faith FM and we'll go straight to Tassie Encounters um, and a whole host of other shows through out the day you don't want to miss those right now we have a promise for you for today coming from second corinthians 4 verse 18 it says so we fix our eyes not on what is seen but on what is unseen since Mm. what is seen is temporary but what is unseen is eternal Mm. that is because the one who came on this earth that we've been speaking about today is the one that gives us eternal life and so what is unseen is eternal focus our eyes on jesus and on the heavens and have a really super day and remember in every way to talk faith live faith act faith and you'll grow strong in jesus christ Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.